Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to the Anyone's Game weekly podcast where we look back at what most certainly has been a pivotal weekend in the SWPL title race. Glasgow City were well-deserved winners as they beat Rangers in the top of the table clash. Celtic leapfrogged their bitter rivals into second place as they defeated Motherwell. Spartans get back to winning ways against City rivals Hearts. And Hibs made it 11 goals in two games without conceding as they hammered four for Farmington. I am Kenny Bogue and joining me to discuss Sunday's matches and an exciting midweek of action is Anyone's Games pundits Robbie Hanratty and Peter Quinn. Welcome to the show lads. Delighted to be here Kenny. Excellent. Right, so we might as well get to it and look back at Sunday's action. We'll start with the top of the table clash. Obviously, Glasgow City, 2-0 winners over Rangers. And Robbie, you were at the game? Yeah, I, I was at the game at the Rangers training centre. What a start for Glasgow City, the 13 times champions, scoring a minute and a half into the game through Pinsilla Chinchilla. Like she, most people would have seen it, but the way she received the ball from Hayley Lauder after Charlotte Swaby, I guess, failed to clear her lines and then a second attempt put the ball in the net. And that really spurred Glasgow City on for victory. Scoring so early on, they just got the confidence and Rangers never really turned up and really showed what I expected from them. Considering I went there yesterday thinking that Rangers had beat Glasgow City 5-0 last time. Yeah, Glasgow City have invested and recruited well. But I didn't expect Rangers to be so, I don't want to say lacklustre, but they just was kind of toothless in attack. Like Zoe Ness really didn't really have a sniff. Lionel and Hay had to change wings a few times, but didn't really influence the game the way you would have expected. Would you put that down if Rangers were poor on the final third or was it City's defending? You've got to look at both ways. I sat there that game and thought City's defenders, like Janine Van Wyck, Arnesif Asgreen's daughter, Caitlin Mickey, I think her name is, she was, they was all outstanding in terms of they put their bodies on the line at every moment and they chased Rangers down in packs. So I think it really showed that Glasgow City are really a big game team. They've got that players who can rise to the big occasion. Rangers had the chances in a way and I'm going to go on and speak about Lee Alexander and how good she was but I think sometimes it was a bit of a poor decision making but in another way Glasgow City were really solid in defence and it really showed that the recruitment of the calibre of players of international players of like South African international and Janine Van Wyck. Prince and Chile scoring two Costa Rican international going internationally for Glasgow City has really paid off and Pinsilla Chinchilla I gave her as my anyone's game man of the match and she was outstanding throughout the game in terms of her movement always looking for the ball every time she got the ball she was willing to take a player on and her second goal for Glasgow City in the game she loved Jenna Fife and it was a really good finish Fife got a hand to it but obviously had enough power to put the ball in the net so couldn't have went any better for Glasgow City in a way and Peter, where do Rangers go for here? Of course, that's two big matches. They played Celtic a couple of weeks ago, failed to score. Big match again yesterday, failed to score. The strikers have had a lot of plaudits. They have scored a lot of goals, but why can't they score in the big matches? I'm not sure. I think, obviously, Kirsty Howitt's a big miss for them at the moment. I know they've scored goals without her um, in some matches recently, but again, in those big moments, it's your, you know, when you've got a striker of that quality who, who's missing from the team, it's going to make a big difference. They, they have to basically emulate the run that Glasgow City have been on. Uh, they, they can't afford to drop points to, for the rest of the season. I think that you know, there's no way that Glasgow City and Celtic are both going to drop the amount of points needed for Rangers to win the league you know, with anything less 
than uh, than getting maximum points from here to the end of the season. They weren't as solid defensively as I've seen them recently. Uh, I watched them, uh, you know, cover a couple of Rangers games, um, and obviously Westrup and and Swaby at the back looked like a good partnership. Um, both very confident on the ball and stuff. So that's why it was a slight surprise to see them concede some goals that they, they'll really be disappointed with. I think both goals could pretty easily have been been averted in different ways. Also, the second goal, uh, Fife and goals, maybe we'll be disappointed she didn't get a stronger hand to it and keep it out. And again, it came from just a, a kind of chip through the middle by Philo Dilu and Chinchilla was, uh, was away to score. So I think Malcolm Thompson will be annoyed with the, the manner of the goals he conceded. And again, I, I think, as Robbie said, Glasgow City were, were very solid defensively and didn't lose many chances. And when they did break through, uh, Alexander was in terrific warming goals for Glasgow City. And Robbie, you mentioned obviously a big game mentality. Do you think that's just, you know, City have just got that big game mentality, even with the new influx of players? I think that's entirely it. Everyone uses quality. They've got a big squad and even they made changes into the second half. And Lauren Davidson came on and the impact she made as well. And just shows the players they've got on the bench, it can turn a game. Whereas Rangers, the substitutes they made, they took off Fulgan Hay. The players that came on didn't really make the impact they was looking for. So I really think, yeah, as I mentioned with Alexander, Scotland's number one goalkeeper, played at the highest, played for Glasgow City for many years, played in major tournaments for Scotland, and some of the saves she made, and I must say Glasgow City were deserved winners, but Rangers, Sam Kerr had a great chance, two great chances, Arnott had a chance where Alexander made herself big, and I think Alexander just proved that yeah, Glasgow City have got two quality goalkeepers in Erin Clackers and Alexander, but Alexander was called on for this game and she didn't disappoint at all. And keeping a clean sheet in such a big game is really crucial. And Malky Thompson did mention to me in the post-match that getting players to perform on these big occasions is something that they'll have to work on because he clearly wasn't happy that yet again on a big occasion that the players have let him down because it's no doubting that Rangers have a good squad of players, but they, they seemed to really, as the second half went on and it looked less likely of them getting anything, they just turned to really dirty tactics and you could see the aggression getting in the fire in the bellies to try like put a challenge in rather than just focus on their own game and get back into the game. So it's definitely something that the coaching staff at Rangers will have to work on, but we'll speak about later. But the fact they've got a game so soon after against Hearts, I think it'll be a great way to bounce back and get the confidence back in that players. Because it will take a lot out of them losing to rivals and being six behind now. Well, we'll discuss Rangers Hearts in a minute, but let's look obviously ahead at Wednesday night's match now, Peter. Celtic-Glasgow City, massive, massive game. Do you think if City win this game, they're champions? Um, yes, you know, obviously not mathematically, but I, I don't see any way back for for Celtic or Rangers at that point. They keep churning out wins. Uh, I mean, the, their performance against Spartans last week in the second half about as much went wrong as is going to go wrong for them in a game of football. Their, you know, the goalkeeper got sent off, so they had to play an outfield player in goals. Spartans came back into the game, scored a goal for, uh, from a, a set piece. The defence suddenly started looking a bit shaky. Also, we've complimented them this week, but that second half last week. There were there were gaps there, um, which Becky Wraith was really pushing and taking advantage of. You know, so with all of that, they still won that game quite comfortably. So to me, I, I can't see a situation where anyone is going to be taking taking points off them on a regular basis. You know, potentially, maybe Celtic and Rangers, uh, sorry, Rangers could beat them in the last round of fixtures, but I, I don't see them slipping up to the point where they'd be in danger of losing the title. I think absolutely, if they win this game, they've done most of the hard work. It would take something pretty calamitous for them to allow someone back, someone else, Celtic Rangers, back into it. 
Yeah, you've, you've got to think so. Like Malky Thompson said to me after the match that they're still well and truly in the title race and they, he thinks they can get it back because now they're playing on Wednesdays and Sundays. You think that'll take a lot out of the players, but obviously he's got to say that. But in terms of Glasgow City, we've spoke so much about how strong a squad they've got. They've got a squad of 23 players. They can afford to be playing Wednesday, Sunday and have a quality side that will beat most teams because that's undefeated since the restart. And as Peter says, I think it would take a miracle for Rangers or Celtic to claw it back and stop Glasgow City winning a 14th title in a row. And also there's Champions League spot in the line as well, isn't there, for second? Peter, you, of course, you were at K Park on Sunday. Celtic 3-0 victors over Motherwell. Hi, they were they were mostly impressive. I thought both teams impressed me, to be fair. Motherwell in the, the second half in particular, they really came out strong, defended well. Celtic in the first half, they were just fairly clinical. Down the right-hand side, they caused Motherwell serious problems. That's where all three of their goals came from. I know that Fran Alonso has set up his team with Izzy Atkinson and Rachel Donaldson as he's as kind of makeshift fullbacks because he wanted them to pose more of a threat going forward. And also that paid dividends with Donaldson scoring the, the first two goals. No bad for a right back, eh? Aye, exactly, exactly. And again, cr- crosses from the right that she's, you know, found herself in the box and, and taken them well. Um, some of the deliveries were, were fantastic, though. Anna Philby's work for the third goal put it absolutely on a plate for Sarah Teagarden. And uh, Sarah Ewans for the first goal as well with a beautiful cross to Donaldson. They, they just, you know, the final ball was there for, you know, for the most part in that first half. And, you know, the, the chances, they weren't going to miss them. I think uh, it was interesting to see London Pollard make her debut off the bench as well. She could have had a goal uh, late on. But again, she brings something different to, to that attack for Celtic. Uh, so that'll be, be interesting to see how they utilise her and put her information down the, the stretch. I was going to say that, Peter, about London Pollard signing for Celtic. Do you think that's got to be big for her career? Only 16 years old, playing at a full-time club like Celtic around better players, obviously. Is she definitely someone to watch out for? I'd say so. I think, you know, playing alongside you know the players that she'll be playing with now, she'll get some great service, you know, kind of into the penalty box. And again, even just the, the kind of mentality around the club, obviously they've gone full-time, and it's a, a really properly professional environment. Obviously, that you know she's uh, at Forfar. It's a it's a very good setup there too. But I think for Celtic, obviously, with that full time kind of system at the moment, I think it will be a step up for her. It'll be interesting to see how how she adapts and if she can if she can thrive in that environment. And Robbie, what a different result it could have been for Motherwell, perhaps, if Abby Skelton took that early chance. Yeah, Motherwell seemed to start the game pretty well from what I've seen. And yeah, great chance from Abby Skelton, which was just put over the bar. And I must say, Peter highlights the crosses from Celtic, but was it Jacinta? She nearly had her first Celtic goal. She hit the post or nearly hit the post. And Sarah Ewans is someone I've spoke about for a good while when I've watched Celtic, and she was really impressive. And obviously, Peter, there was something that the sports scene cameras didn't pick on. Uh, Laurie Gardner shared it on her Twitter. There was a bit of an incident. Sarah Teargarden uh, sort of went hard down on the Motherwell forward. The, the tackle on Kayla McDonald and Gua. Yes, I, it was a really poor challenge to be honest, and it wasn't in in character with the rest of the game. It wasn't a nasty a nasty match, but the, the tackle, yeah, it's just kind of over the ball, uh, kind of studs up, didn't make massive amounts of contact, I don't think. But 
it looked particularly nasty. One, the, uh, the, the slow-motion replay certainly didn't do it any favours. You know, watching that, I, I, it could easily have been a red card for Teagarden, and that would have made a, a big difference in the match, because she's been excellent for Celtic since she's come back uh, into the team following injury. So obviously that's Celtic in second place now, Robbie. Uh, something that no one's obviously... Everyone's just sort of forgot about Celtic, I think, but that's them up in second place now. Uh, massive game, obviously, on Wednesday night. Can Celtic beat Glasgow City? Yeah, I, I think Celtic can beat Glasgow City because they've shown they can win a big game against Rangers when it matters. But going what we all we've said about Glasgow City and the big game mentality, the big squad, I asked Scott Booth would he be retaking the squad. He has to assess the players, but they've got such great quality that Celtic, it will be a big ask for them, but say they did manage to win that game, they'd be two points off Glasgow City. So things could really heat up if they do, but if they don't, then... We spoke about Rangers maybe being ruled out the title race. Celtic also would be if they lost to Glasgow City. So it's pivotal for their season, really. And they've got players, I feel, in Sarah Ewans, Mariah Lee, Jacinta, Richard Donaldson, Tia Garden. They've got players that can impact a game. But if Glasgow City's defence stays strong like they did against Rangers, then can't see them scoring too many goals. And Peter, how do you see Celtic lining up for that one? Obviously, the big game against Rangers, they sort of sat back and sort of hit them in the break. Do you see them doing the same against City? Potentially. I think the the worry is the fact that that's what Glasgow City have faced for most of the season. And they, they've been very solid. You know, Even if Asgun's daughter and Van White can get a bit isolated at times at the back for you know facing a counter-attack, they seem to deal with it so coolly time and time again. Um and for me, I think, and you know, I haven't seen a couple of their matches recently and covered them. I think this one of Celtic's main strengths uh, is that midfield area when you've got Lisa Robertson, uh, Anna Philby, and Sarah Teagarden all looking really impressive week in week out. Kate Nicholson as well doing a, a really good job when she's been called upon. Um, I think that's one area that you know it'll be a really interesting battle in the park. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they packed that area uh, and tried to see if they could win the midfield battle against the, the Glasgow City midfield, whether it's Joe Love, Leanne Crichton. They've, they've kind of rotated, as they have rotated the entire team. But um, it'll be interesting to see who Glasgow City line up with, I think, uh, for, for this fixture. Ah, well, there's a lot of games coming up, but we better move on now and make Dean Gibson happy. Dean Gibson moans that Hibs don't get enough praise, but they've been absolutely fantastic in the last couple of weeks. 11 goals in two games, not conceded one, a 5-0 victory at Station Park. Robbie, just how good were Hibs on Sunday? Yeah, Hibs, they had three tough games previous to these two games, and we did mention how they didn't play badly and were unlucky, and now they've just proved that Hibs are still a dominant team and got a lot of really good players and the goals from the likes of Kavanaugh, Boyce and Joel Murray were all really good finishes, well taken and Hibs just, if they can score goals and not concede, they'll be looking to overtake Spartans and get that fourth place because for a while obviously they was falling a wee bit behind but now that's just three points separate the sides so I think Dean Gibson will be a happy man. Peter obviously four for Farmington, that's well, a few defeats in a row now, things aren't going very well for them. Are they out of the race for fourth now? Yeah, I would say so. I, th- I think that um, the, the managers even kind of acknowledged that. Um, it would be a, a very tough ask at the moment. They have been unlucky, but again, when you look at the chances that Hibs had, they hit the woodwork a couple of times, had another couple of uh, good opportunities. Uh, again, it, it was 5-0, it could have been a lot more. They, they just need to, to find kind of that, that formula that will help them defensively keep the score down and allow them to, to try to prove more of a threat on the counter and, and keep them in these matches and keep them, you know, keep them competitive because I, I know that they'll be disappointed they haven't shown the best version of themselves in these 
these last few games with kind of some of the bigger score lines that they've conceded. And with the talent that they have, you know, some of the players in that team, they are a threat and they, they'll want to, to show that they can do better than that. Um, we'll move on and look at the big derby at Ainsley Park. I was fortunate enough to get the megabus through there with my satchel uh, and take in Spartans versus Hearts. And I thought Spartans played pretty well. Debbie McCulloch wasn't as happy as me, though, I have to admit. But she did say, which I thought was quite happy, that she'd be more than happy every day if they play as badly as that and win 3 0. But uh, a brilliant strike from Rona Douglas opened the scoring. Cat Smart uh, got the second, and Michaela McAloney, player of the match, she was brilliant. Uh, she scored a third. There was a bit of a talking point later on in the game. I don't know if you've seen the incident, Robbie, but obviously Charlotte Parker Smith saw red. Two weeks in a row, Spartans have something about uh, getting the goalie sent off, don't they? But um, do you think it was a red, Robbie? Obviously, you've just seen the highlights. Yeah, um, you mentioned Charlotte Parker Smith. We don't like to be overly critical of goalkeepers but she just can't seem to keep herself out the headlines at the moment unfortunately saying that she had a couple of good saves yesterday as well and she was she was unlucky with her head yeah well i think it's understandable why the referee gave a red card because coming out your box like that in what heather Dewar said was a moment of madness does run the risk of something going wrong how much she caught galbraith because galbraith doesn't really go down anything it's the keeper that goes down but the way it all happened, I can see why she was given a red card and why a Hearts player had to go in the goals for the end of the match. And Peter Spartans, another win. Obviously, big match coming up against Hibs. This will go a long way in deciding who gets this fourth spot. What's your thoughts for Wednesday night? You're going to the game, aren't you? Yeah, I'm covering that game, so it'll be an interesting one. Um, obviously, it's a, a pretty intense rivalry in, in the SWPL1, this one, so... Aye, uh, it will go a long way. I think if, if Spartans win this one, it'll be tough for Hibs to, to, to make up with that. Well, that'd be six points in it, wouldn't it? That'd be Spartans six points ahead. Aye, so with, with the way they've played in the last couple of games, Hibs have been scoring a lot of goals. And I think it will be it should be a really interesting game. Spartans obviously strong defensively. And I think uh, in recent games, David McCulloch a wee bit disappointed that they haven't taken their chances better to, to get the goals that they maybe could have and should have. Also, it's not going to be quite as simple as attack versus defence, but with Hibs in the form they are going forwards and Spartans' good defensive record, it will be a, re- a really exciting one to watch. I'm looking forward to it. No, me too. I was like, I was impressed. That's the first I've sort of seen Spartans close up. Uh, the captain, Alana Marshall, she's brilliant. Um, at one point, somebody was shouting, she's gone, calm down, <laughs> with the ball at her feet, which I thought was <laughs> pretty easy. Cat Smart was brilliant. It's good to have characters like that on the pitch though, isn't it? Yeah, no, Cat Smart, she played brilliant as well. And also... I heard a pal from the podcast, Robin McCafferty, had a good game for Spartans. I, Robin had, had a good game at Gobraith up front as well. She was a constant nuisance and she'd obviously uh, two goals chalked off. The first one, we weren't sure if it was offside. The second one, I personally think that the referee just felt a bit sorry for Hearts. Uh, and just gave a foul because Tweedy came out for it. Obviously, she was in goals, the heart striker. She she came out for it and was fouled, and the ball ended up in the net off Becky O'Brien. But I generally think that the, the referee just was like, "Oh, that's enough. They've had enough." <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Kenny. It did look quite soft to me on the replay, anyway. Yeah, definitely. I- I just wonder what Becky Gilbraith has done to annoy opposition goalies. That's two weeks in a row that a goalie's come flying out their box, taken her out and got themselves sent off. I don't know if she's sitting there through the game, kind of having wee words with them just to wind them up or something, but she's, she's certainly got a target on her back at the moment. Well, we're here for you, Becky Gilbraith, right? We heart you. Oh, yes, definitely. But she's been hitting the target as well by getting nominated for Player of the Month. So, lads, that's obviously something we should discuss as well. The SWPL Player of the Month Awards. The nominees, of course, Odie Fuller-Tadulu, Brogan Hay, Lauren Perry and Becky Gilbraith. So, who would you go for, guys? I'd say 
that it's got to be all day full of to do loot. The impact she's made since she's came to Glasgow City. Obviously, this award is for April 2021, and all day full of to do loot, two hat tricks in that month, and it's been so influential in Glasgow City's unbeaten runs. So I think. You can't look past her. Obviously, Galbraith has scored plenty of goals for Spartans. Perry did have... has She made some good saves, but I'd rule her out. And Hay is a great player, but I think Fuller to Dulu would get my vote and did get my vote. Peter? Yeah, I think that's hard to argue with. For, for me, I was think that the other Rangers attackers possibly could have been up there as well. You know, Zoe Ness and Lizzie Arnett both had really strong months. But for, again, two hat-tricks, it, it's hard to argue against Fula Tadilu being the, being the player of the month. As you say, Becca Galbraith scored a couple of goals and does a great shift up front for that Spartans attack. She can get a bit isolated at times uh, if the midfield are sitting in. But the you know the, the work that she does is, uh, is is massively important for for them as a team. And also Lauren Perry, uh, you know, had a, a great moment uh, with her with her goal in the last minute. But again, a, a couple of the the score lines probably will work against her in in her her bid to get Player of the Month. I would imagine. Well, before we go to the quiz, guys, we'll talk about what could be a massive game in the bottom half of the SWPL. Four for Farmington play Motherwell. Obviously, if Motherwell get a result, Peter, that leaves them only two points behind Forfar. Could they climb their way up the table? It's possible. Like I said, I was impressed with Motherwell this week. They were, for the most part, quite organised at the back. They'll be disappointed, obviously, to concede the goals from crosses into the box. But for the most part, they were you know, pretty solid and they did cause Celtic a couple of problems here and there. So with, I imagine there's probably a wee, a wee bit of a lack of confidence at four for Farmington at the moment with the run of results they've had. So that, again, this is going to be a really interesting game. And I think if Motherwell managed to win this, they have a decent chance uh, at kind of climbing out the bottom two and taking that, that sixth spot from Forfar Farmington. And Robbie, obviously, Peter sort of mentioned it there, but Forfar have been on a, a sort of bad run of games recently and what a chance to sort of put everything behind them and move on with a game against Motherwell on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think I think that's the games that for Forfar against Hearts and against Motherwell, it's games that they need to go into thinking they can win because Forfar started the season pretty well and did they not draw with... Celtic earlier in the season so with scoring goals in the likes of Donna Patterson, Cheryl Kirkcoyne they did have London Pollard who was contributing very well and I think they've got players there that can think this game against Motherwell can be winnable but then as we say how low will their confidence be after such a run of defeats Kevin McGreskin will have a big job on his hands to pick them up and they're at home, being at home maybe some advantage there Station Park, maybe they can get that result because if they do, they pull away from Motherwell. But if Motherwell get that result, then Forfar won't want to end up in a battle to end up finishing bottom because even though there's no relegation, no one wants to finish in that position. Well, gentlemen, it is now time for the much-coveted Anyone's Game quiz. There is no player this week, so it'll be Pundit versus Pundit. And I just want to say, if one of you win, you're not getting a point on, okay? It's still 5-1 of the players. I'm not adding this on to Pundits, because how can it be? <laughs> there is no no coin tonight, gentlemen, as I am skint. No, I'm only kidding, I've not got one. But uh, Peter, you can go first, and uh, Robbie, you can go second. So there is no multiple choice either, because it's Pundits, I have decided to be evil. So Peter, are you ready? I was going to say, at least we've got a chance of a, of, a, of a pundit winning this time. Right, Peter. First of all, who hit the bar for Hibs at 0-0? Oh, at 0-0. They had a couple. Was it Carla Boyce? The first hit in the bar incident of the game. I'm afraid it was Leah Eddy. Robbie, this question to you. Who was inches away from giving Motherwell the lead against Celtic? Kayla McDonald, Ingua. 
good pronunciation, but no. So after one question each, the score is nil-nil. Peter, who hit the post for four for Farmington? Two main chances I can think of. Was it Hannah Stewart? Well done, Peter. One nil. What an answer. Right, Robbie, second question to you. According to the BBC highlights, how many changes did Scott Booth make to the Glasgow City starting lineup? Four. Well done, that is 1-1. One, one. So after two questions each, it is Peter 1, Robbie 1. As we now go into the final question, Peter, Motherwell had two twins in their starting lineup against Celtic. Can you name them? Lorne and Jade Gallon. Very well done, Peter. That is 2-1 to you. And the final question for young Robbieston. Who threw the throw that led to Swabby's poor clearance for Glasgow City's opener? Oh, that's a tough one. I am going to say Julia Mullen. And I'm afraid you're wrong. It was Kaylin Mitchie. So after three questions, it is Peter 2, Robbie 1. And very well done in the Battle of the Pundits, Peter. Robbie, how do you feel after that one? Oh, disappointed in myself, considering I was at that Glasgow City game. But I, the throw must have been taken at the other side because I didn't see where he took the throw. <laughs> no, I just seen it off the highlights. But look at Peter there, sitting there, cheese. Peter, how do you feel? Your first victory in anyone's game pundit quiz. Yeah, I'm pleased. At least I didn't have any questions about Julie Flayton's footwear this time. <laughs> that was a belter. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Anyone's Game podcast. We will be back on Friday night where we have a guest of Spartans midfielder, Michaela Macaloni, and we'll look back at what will be a massive midweek of fixtures in the SWPL. Look forward to speaking to you then, Kenny. Thank you very much. And remember to check out Anyone's Game out on Twitter and at anyonesgame.substack.com.